Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast, part of the Full Press Radio Network. My name is Kyle Senra, and as always, I'm joined by one of my co-hosts, Alessandro Senator. Alessandro, how are you doing? Kyle? Alessandro? What the hell happened? Uh, well, a lot of stuff happened, actually, which is what we're going to get into in this episode. Yeah, you're right. Uh, okay. Sorry, my computer is a little bit fuzzy right now. Continue, Kyle. Okay, well, I mean, I, I mean, there's a few uh, quarterbacks whose status right now are a little fuzzy. Um, before we get into it, uh, Kayla Morton won't be joining us for this episode. She'll be primarily on the on the uh, preview episodes. Uh, but as the Dolphins managing editor, she takes care of a lot. So uh, asking her to do three episodes a week was a little much. Uh, I guess you and I, neither of us have a social life, so we can we can afford to do this. What's social life? Yeah, exactly. Who needs it? This this is social. We're we're talking. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's a few uh, quarterback injuries. Not going into details yet. We'll uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna recap game by game uh, all the action over the weekend and to those games that matter with quarterback injuries. We'll talk about them at, at those moments. Uh, just because it's fresh in our mind, we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, September seventeenth. So last night we saw. A game. Uh, I'll let you lead it. It's your Jets. Uh, not, not that you want to proudly say that right now, but uh, I'll let you uh, talk about this recap from last night. Well, first off, Kyle, I'll, I'll, I'll always bleed green. It's just that it's a matter of how much I'll be bleeding. And last night, I was bleeding a lot. <laughs> um, so the Jets and the Browns. God, that was a travesty in making. Um I'm sorry. I I I, <laughs> I got kid over this first. Sorry. So all right, all right. So the Jets and the Browns played last night, and the final score was 23-23 in the Browns' favor. The Jets lost hugely. One of the um, quarterbacks in question who went down is in uh, Trevor Simeon, who is the backup to uh, Sam Darnold. He went down after Miles Garrett landed his entire body weight on um, on him, and he landed awkwardly with his leg. He uh, update he has a um, calf injury, no broken bones, no broken anything, but he has a torn ligament, so he will be out for the rest of the season. Wow. Um, I'm I'm actually shocked he doesn't have a fractured ankle. That looked bad. Oh, we but... we all are. I mean, the way he went down and how it looked. Oh, it, it looked in worse than Alan Hearns. Remember when he went yeah. down? I I, <laughs> I don't want to try to remember that, but yeah, I, I do. Yeah, that was definitely one of the uglier ones. Yeah, it, it wasn't pretty, but um, just a fracture. Um, but Luke uh, Trevor Simeon couldn't get anything going. Going three for six with three yards. And sacked twice. Um, so this game was crap through and through. Let's be honest. Uh, Jets didn't play very well. Um, Cleveland didn't play much better, but they did win. Uh, don't let the stats fool you. They had very uninspiring drives, and it looked like it was just big play drives. And most of the drives were kept alive by penalties, which the damn zebras can restrain restrain saints fans feel your feel your pain god no dude here's the thing leonard williams was double teamed going after baker mayfield he broke through and then all of a sudden he got collared by the neck and brought down with the guys he pushed through no holding call but god forbid 
Kevin Beachel pulls Miles um, Garrett's jersey just a little bit to push him out of the way. Holding call. Stans, Saints fans, I, I am with you 100% right now. I, not to like contradict you, but I, I mean, Garrett did get uh, called a couple times for roughing the passer, so it's not as if every call went against the Jets, but... Um, I frankly didn't watch too much of this game, so I don't know. <laughs> Tough to judge. It, 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 we we last time last time I looked, it was like eight penalties for sixty something yards, versus the Browns three penalties for forty something yards. Uh, so um, it ended. It ended. Uh, the Jets had twelve penalties for eighty nine yards. The Browns had nine penalties for eighty five yards. That, so the number of penalties, obviously, there were more for the Jets, but basically the yards were the the same. So take that as it will as you will. I know, and, and here's the thing: a lot of Baker Mayfield's drives were sustained because of a penalty. If those penalties did not happen, these drives would not happen. So, um, looking at this, and, and, a, and a reporter pulled all the numbers together. I can't remember who, but he said that at least 150 yards of Baker Mayfield's 325 were came after penalized drives, like some kind of holding or something like that. Some kind of penalty that allowed the drive to stay alive. That's when he had those extra 150 yards. So, um, I we really can't do anything about it now. But looking at the details, looking at those stats, you know, and it's not like he's a Jets or a Browns fan. Like this is a unbiased, you know, bunch of people that do it. So um, Baker Mayfield didn't look that great. He went 19 for 35, which. That, that's rough. I mean, you're averaging 9.3, and if you need to get 10, you're not getting there. Um, after Trevor Simeon went down, Luke Folk came in. He looked sharp, 20 for 25, 198 yards. Wasn't much. He, he couldn't do enough to get uh, the Jets' um, game back on, but it is what it is. Um, Nick Chubb was held to relatively good yardage. He had 18 carries for 62 yards. Um, he did get one touchdown rushing, so he had a decent day. I wouldn't say it was spectacular, but he did have a decent day. Um, Le'Veon Bell, 21 carries, 68 yards. He pretty much had to run things. He did things in the Wildcat, and uh, he passed. He handed the ball off to Ty Montgomery. He didn't pass, which is unfortunate because he might as well have passed, but um, he went through the Wildcat progressions. So uh, they need him. Unfortunately, he did have a lost fumble that the Browns were able to recover. Um, you can't do that when you're in the goal line. I mean, if he didn't do that, the, the score would be way different. Because as soon as he fumbled, the the Browns marched it back and uh, got touching off of that. So um, could the Jets have won? Yes. Did, were they going to win? No. Um <laughs> Overall, Odell, he had uh, 10 targets, 6 receptions, 161 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he just did Odell things. I'm not – you really can't fight him for that. I hate him, but I can't fight him. Um, three targets, uh, two receptions for Damian Ratley. Uh, he got 50 yards. He had a decent day. It's not a fancy relevant uh, wide receiver, at least I mean, not right not well, at least I, right I now. I don't know. I think he is in terms of injuries. I mean, as long as Rashard Higgins gets to is is still out, Ratley's going to be a starter. And now that David and Joku's out, I th- I think uh, Ratley's. I mean, he he had the third. Uh, sorry, the I guess he had the fifth most targets. But um, uh, uh, outside of the running backs, he had the third most targets. So I don't know. As long as yeah, but, as but long as Higgins is Kwan Taylor's still there. Yeah, I don't really think Kwan Taylor can. It, it's it's Higgins. Once Higgins is back, that's what 
uh, yeah, totally true. sucks up Bradley's go. So at least at least until Higgins is out, or at least until Higgins returns, and I guess that could be soon, right? Because he was even questionable. They hadn't really fully ruled him out until just before the game, so he was close to returning. So he, he may be back in next week. So you, you might be right there, to be honest. But I think as long as Higgins is out, Ratley's going to get play. Yeah, I mean, you got Taiwan Taylor, you got Demetrius Harris. I mean, um, he has to play now since Njoku's out with a concussion. So I mean, it's 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 a it's Odell, it's Landry, and then it's find the next man up. Probably Chubb, to be honest, really. I mean, I mean, yeah, Chubb did have more receptions and yardage than Jarvis, which is saying <laughs> yeah. a lot, yeah. but he had less targets. Mm-hmm. So Easier um, targets down, like, you know, Jarvis is downfield, so more difficult targets. But again, you're right, though. Baker, the, the stats kind of look at, like, 325 yards, it's good. But, yeah, 19 for 35 for a player who's we know is very accurate. Um, there were a couple plays in that where I, it seemed like he kind of missed a throw. And uh, just didn't uh, fully connect it. I mean, there's a lot of times he, he where he forced a lot of throws. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, uh, when you look at when you look at these stats, Odell's biggest of reception was 89 yards, and I'm pretty sure that was the touchdown one or the one that yeah. got to the goal line. No, and you that take that, and yeah, I mean, and then you take that out of its 161, and that leaves you with. Dude, dude, dude. sorry, I gotta do math real quick. It's about half. It's basically about half his yardage. Really? Well, well, more than more than, yeah, more than at least half. it was more seventy-two, than, yeah. and so so he has five receptions for seventy-two yards. Take that away. That's fourteen point four. That's still good. I'm not mm-hmm. going to take that away from it. It's still good. But then you go down the line. Damian Ratley, uh, two receptions, one for twenty-nine. Obviously, the other one has to be for twenty-one. Um, so he's he he's big play boomer bust. You look at uh, Dearness Johnson. He had three. His longest was 27. Uh, you take that away, and uh, Alvis 42, and then you have 15 between two receptions. That's about seven apiece. Well, yeah, 7.5 apiece. Nick Chubb, he did better. He only had 13 longest out of 36. So you're looking at about. Mm, I can't. I'm not going math anymore. And then Jarvis Lane. 23. It'd be 23 remaining. No, I meant after that. Yeah, 23 remaining. No, 23 divided by 3. That's what I was trying to avoid. Oh, uh, it's like 8. Yeah. I, I'm not, I, was looking, I couldn't math that point. Right. And then Jarvis Landry, his longest was 25. And then, so that's two receptions for seven yards. So, obviously, there's a lot of big play potential. But if you're banking off of that, that's scariness. I mean, you go over to the Jets side. Robbie Anderson... He had 81 yards. His longest was 30, uh, 36, which really boosted the de- uh, the offense. But God, he he's mm, I'm not going to get into it. So, anyways, he had, so take that away. Three receptions for 45. That's about 15 yards apiece. Le'Veon Bell had 10 targets, 10 receptions, 61 yards. His set, longest was 17. Take that away. That's 44 for nine. You're looking at about five yards give or take a couple smidges um crowder got some love six targets four receptions his was the biggest his longest was 30 out of 40 yeah that's not that's not that great so boomer bust for crowder but for most of the thing but boomer bust mainly for the browns i mean if they don't have the big booms 
I don't know. This team ain't looking too good. And that's and that's saying a lot come from me who just assessed them. Non-biasedly going off the statistics. <laughs> well, I went off the t- statistics. I mean, that O-line needs to play better. I think that's the the key. Vocals. I think that's that's what that's what fooled. I mean, Baker, we saw it in the Titans game. He was constantly under pressure. I mean, here they only three sacks allowed, which is better. But still, it seemed like you're right. He, he was forcing things. He was getting fooled or he was having to rush throws. Um, so I, I think Baker's accuracy is good. It's just yeah, it's the decision making, the mental processing. I mean, he's still just in his second year in the NFL. So maybe you're right about tempering expectations. Although, we, again, we did see what he's capable of with with Beckham. Although, again, I, I, we talked a bit before the, the podcast started. I, I think that had more to do with uh, Greg Williams. I'm just going to play the free safeties 40 yards behind the line of scrimmage st- strategy than anything else. You can't really leave Beckham that wide open of a zone to, to run in, and he's just going to take it to the house. So, I don't know. I know we, we talk about Greg Williams enough, I think. I, I know I don't really think – I don't understand why he's still a defensive coordinator, to be honest. He's, he ran that scheme in Cleveland last year. It didn't work. And he's <laughs> – because the Jets, again, they performed really well. The front seven does great, and I think they're they're being wasted by a, by a poor secondary scheme. And, here, and here's the other thing. Jamal Adams did the whole thing with his Twitter – unfollowing the Jets or never follow the Jets or whatever. He's not leaving. He's unhappy, and it sucks right now, and it's completely understandable, but he is not leaving. So please stay off the Jamal's leaving trade or anything of that nature. Jamal is not leaving. I promise you he's not. That's our dog. If he leaves, I will never be a Jets fan again. That's it. That's that simple. Wow. And this is recorded, so you can't go back on that. I, I don't care. Are I, you going to become a fan of wherever Jamal goes, or, or do, you, do you have a, a backup team just in case? Uh, my backup team's the Texans. Well, it's funny. We'll, we'll get to that game in a sec, but I just wanted to mention um, Statement Games. So we do our contests every Monday night. Uh, and just uh, about a half hour ago, Statement Games tweeted out, uh, so far, through two weeks of our full press coverage sponsored Monday night contests, we have the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Get the nine, the top nine people in the contest who have accumulated points on statement games through those first two weeks. So we got Brett 05, who's leading right now, Fantasy FB Addict, the second, Blake Bender, third, Juno Juno Sakai, fourth, Nathan Marbo, fifth, BXPRJ is seventh. Frank White eighth, T Williams ninth, and Practice Squad ten. So those are the, just the names. Those are the usernames on uh, Statement Games. Uh, eventually, we'll figure out how to contact the people at the end of the year who will win prizes from the full press coverage merch store. Uh, anyway, so yeah, as Alessandra referenced, we're going to the Texans Jaguars game from Sunday. So that was uh, yeah, we figured we'd, do, we'd start with the Monday night game. It was fresh. Also helps the Alessandro's Jets. Uh, but looking at the game, so the Texans won a close. Defensive contest, 13 to 12. There have been a few one-point games this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's nice to be as close as possible, I suppose. Uh, looking at the stats, so we see that with the Texans, Deshaun Watson, 16 for 29 for 159 yards. No touchdowns. He had a rushing touchdown, which salvaged his fantasy day. <laughs> Still not a great performance out of him. Um, elsewhere on the Texans, I mean, they ran the ball a lot. It was, it was This seemed like a really big ga- ground control uh, type of game. Carlos Hyde got 20 carries for 90 yards, which is over four yards a carry. He looked pretty good. Didn't get any targets, so it's not as if that was part of his usage. Uh, Duke Johnson, six carries, 31 yards. Got the one target, but uh, didn't wasn't able to haul it in. So uh, part of the inefficiency of, of Watson. 
Uh, we look at on the receiving core, Hopkins, eight targets, five catches, 40 yards. Will Fuller, seven catches, four targets, 40 yards. Really low numbers for guys that are considered field stretchers. Even Kenny Stills, three catches, two or three targets, two receptions, 38 yards. Uh, Kiki Kuti in his return was targeted four times, but could only gain seven yards on two carries. So kind of limited. Uh, the tight ends both got three targets. They each got a red zone target as well, but uh, Aikens at 25 yards on two catches. Fells, nine yards on one catch. Uh, over at the, on the Jaguars side, Gardner Minshew in his first ever career start in his second NFL game, as he was a rookie this year, 23 for 33, three, 213 yards and a touchdown. Uh, it was a pretty good passing performance for him. Uh, he ran the ball. I think he led he led the, the Jags in r- rushing yards, actually, with 56 on six carries. Leonard Fournette had 47 yards only on 15 carries, back to his usual inefficient ways, but uh, a big target in the the passing game. He was the second most targeted player on the Jags, caught four passes for 40 yards. Ten yards a carry or catch for a running back is actually decent. So uh, as long as Fournette can, I mean, other than Minshew, Fournette was the only Jags player that carried the ball. Like He's got a monopoly on that, so he should be fine most weeks. Uh, the leading target was DJ Chark, nine targets, seven receptions, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Chris Connolly had five catches, 40, uh, five targets, sorry, four receptions off them. 73 yards was the leading receiver, not just on the Jags, but in this game entirely, which is, <laughs> pick that, right? In a game with DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, and uh, I guess DJ Chark, Chris Conley ends up leading the team in receptions. Um D.J. Westbrook, disappointing game on five targets, only hauled in one for three yards. Uh, I know I was touting Westbrook in the offseason as maybe a, a favorite target of Foles, but that's gone out the window now with Minshew. So, uh, yeah, Westbrook uh, not not looking great. Jeff Swaim, four catches, thir- uh, three catches, 14 yards. O'Shaughnessy, four catches, 28 yards. The tight ends, again, similarly involved to how the Texans' tight ends were. I don't know that you take too much away from this. This is Again, this is, these are two pretty great defenses. I think that's... Although we're starting to learn that there's a lot of great defenses in the NFL. So uh, a player like Chark, who could still produce against a good defense like the Texans, that's good. Uh, disappointing for Hopkins, because even though he's had good games against Jalen Ramsey specifically, so to only get 40 yards is, is disappointing. But, uh, I mean, I don't think you're panicking and just selling Hopkins right away. What do you think about this game, Alessandro? Any? What you're talking about my, about my backup team like that? <laughs> Um, this game, it was interesting. The defense wasn't in it, and the offense wasn't in it. When I say that, I mean, you look at these stats. Gardner Minshew, who he's from Washington State. I think he was drafted in the fifth round or something like that. Went 23 for 33 with 213 yards, one touchdown. You look at Deshaun Watson, who was a natty championship winner at Clemson. Went what the first, the third, something like that overall. Uh, and- he was twelfth, I think. But that was that was also a, a strange year where Trubisky went second, and then the the Chiefs tra- I think traded up to tenth to get Mahomes, and then the Texans traded up to I think it was like twelfth or something to get Watson. Anyways, I, again, you 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 said the point. It's just it was a strange year. But Deshaun, well, he was twelfth overall. He was top fifteen overall. Versus the guy who's drafting the fifth, sixth, or seventh round. I don't give a shit. Uh, uh, he did 159 off of 16 completions, 29 attempts, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Got sacked four times. 
Gardner Minshew also got sacked four times, but you got sacked four times. Gardner Minshew ran the ball more. I mean, he had more yardage than Leonard Fournette, who carried the ball 15 times. I'm sorry. When your quarterback can run the ball better than your running back, you have a... Uh, that, that that happens sometimes, though. I mean, quarterbacks tend to not get defended sometimes. They, they you know, teams open up and allow big runs. So it's, you know, that's not unusual. It, it, it's not. Especially for a young quarterback like Minshew, to be honest, because he's still young and athletic. If, you know, if, you're, if your quarterback is Tom Brady and he's outrunning your running back, that's when you have a problem. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at that point, we need to question Bill Belichick than the running backs because something's going on. Well, yeah, obviously. Um, but, I, and, I, but, but but you know what I'm saying? Like Leonard Fournette had 15 carries. He had 15 opportunities. This, again, it's his it's his inefficiency. He gets he's a touchdown guy, really. I mean, he's going to get a, tons he, of volume. He's a boomer bust touchdown guy. That and, and I've never liked him. I've gone back. He, he is volume based. I mean, he gained. Touch- yeah, he had just as much yardage in the air. I mean, as and that's that's something he's been able to do most of his career. In fact, now he's getting more targets than ever without TJ Alden. So uh, 80 yards from scrimmage isn't bad. I think he's. I don't know that he's a boom or bust play. I think he's a, a volume play basically. You, you know, he's a guy that you trust because of the volume, and that's it. And if you get a touchdown, you're you're more happy. Certainly, uh, hope, certainly hope to see like... him get more red zone carries. I mean, he only had one in this game. I think. Which that last few years, like his uh, rookie year when he got, I think it was nine or ten touchdowns, he ended up with a ton of red zone carries. Yeah, here he I, actually no, he only had a red zone target. He hasn't even gotten a red zone carry this season. So that's that's where I'm concerned, to be honest. That in that facet, not that he's only gaining forty yards and he's only running at like three yards a carry because he did that before and he made it work as a borderline RB one or certainly RB two. But again, it's the touchdowns and the red zone work. That's where I'm concerned. Well. Again, I've never liked the guy. I think that he's depreciating hard, that, you know, he's gotten too big for his britches. Uh, there's a lot of guys that think that in the NFL, but uh, Leonard Fournette is one of them. But um, as far as those two go, I can't. Gardner Minshew, I don't think he's a viable starter. Leonard Fournette, I'm, I'm saying he's flex at best. I, that, that That's just my opinion. You, you could have a better one of him, but I think he's flex at best. Um, going back to the Texan side, Carlos Hyde, everyone thought that he was going to be cut by the Kansas City Chiefs, that he's obsolete, that he's not good anymore. Pulls out 20 carries for 90 yards. I mean, what? <laughs> what? Everyone's saying this guy's obsolete, that Duke Johnson's going to take over. Duke Johnson had six carries for 30 yards. While better on average, he also had a a longer run than Carlos Hyde, but Carlos Hyde has the carries. It's a it's official. Carlos Hyde is the number one back in Houston, obviously. Um, and then you go down to receiving. I'm not too worried about Will Fuller or DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you just added Kenny Stills, and you have Jordan Atkins coming into the mix now. Kiki Kuti came back, and he's you know a lot better. So. There's going to be a little bit of a power struggle, but D Hop is still going to be number one, and you know you you just got to wait for things to sell down to flex and everything like that. You you just got to relax. But I think it speaks to I think it speaks to how well the the, ja- the Jags defense plays because we saw it last week they got torched by the Chiefs, but then that also speaks to how much better the Chiefs are than everyone else at least on offense. 
So I, I think there, there seemed to be a bit of panic about the Jags defense. Like, oh, no, this unit isn't the same. But, I mean, I think they proved it today because the Texans, I mean, they held their own in a shootout against the Saints. So uh, I I look at this more of this game as a whole as a, a really a, a, a celebration of the Jags more than an indictment on the Texans. Well, with reports of Jalen Ramsey wanting to leave, I wouldn't break out the bubbly just yet. Well, yeah. But still, I mean, that defensive line is great, regardless of who plays corner for them. So oh, yeah. the, bre- the bread and butter of that defense is them being able to get pressure on teams. That's what made them so successful in 2017. And I know Ramsey's a great corner, but if you can get pressure, it, it makes your corners look better. So uh, not disputing that he's incredibly talented. Um, and any team that really needs a shutdown corner should be should should for sure give up a first for him. I mean, this guy was a fourth overall pick. Oh, no, 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 no. They want two firsts. They want two firsts. Again, he was a fourth overall pick. I don't know if they're going to get that with all his drama. Uh, I, but but uh, I don't blame him for wanting that because, again, like a shutdown corner like him, that you can't, you, you don't get those very often. So the play here is either ask for a first and trade a second round or better player. Or yeah. two first. I'd rather wait for him to go to FA because if he's not happy, he will definitely leave in free agency. No, but now that Jamal Adams wants to trade, would you just swap Adams for, for Ramsey? Give up a, a second? You and Adams? shut up. Jamal well, hey, I'm asking you. I'm asking you would, you. would you do that? As a Jets fan, no. would you, would you want to have Ramsey over, no. over Adams? No? I want Adams because Adams can be a safety in a corner. A corner can a safety yeah, can be a safety was, in a corner. A corner cannot be a safety. Talk- there was talk that Ramsey uh, coming out could play safety. So I, I think I mean, they use him as a corner, but I think he can j- just as easily play both roles. You, you have a better chance of having a safety play a corner than a corner play a safety. Because corner, when, when you play corner, you have to have a mentality of you have to be on the guy 24-7. And when you have a guy connecting to you and running your way, you have to clip on to him. Because you don't want him burning you. You don't want him winning this fight. When you're safety, you spy everything on your side of field, depending on if there's two or one back there. Like You watch everything. You have to make sure you are the last man standing. And so when you do that, it's a lot easier to get a mentality of, all right, I got to lock, lock him down. I have to keep my eye on him. He can't go anywhere versus, all right, well, I have to watch everything instead of one person. That That's how I'm seeing it. So that's fair. It, it's a lot harder going from corner to safety, but then safety to corner. So, and that's why I like Jamal Adams. He'd go from safety to corner to linebacker for crying out loud to edge rusher. Yeah. When need- in those nickel packages, I know the Packers, unfortunately we'll get the Packers team aside, but they lost a big piece that is kind of that hybrid safety linebacker role for them. And, and, and you know, we had to have Jamal Adams as our rusher sometimes because, um, uh, Jordan Jenkins went out with a calf injury and he was doubtful to return and he didn't re- not return at all that game. So he had Jamal Adams play edge rusher from time to time and he was on able those to blitzes, do blitzes, right? Yes, and oh, then you yeah. bring that safety blitz in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's scary sure. when he comes in. He hits True. so Okay, I, I, I get the, the versatility aspect of, of safety is not something every corner can do. But uh, anyway, let's uh, let's move on. I think yes. this defensive slugfest is, uh, has taken enough of our time. You want to do the next game? How about uh, uh, we go Lions Chargers? Well, I, I was going to talk about your Green Bay. We've already mentioned uh, them. I, okay, fine. You can do the Packers game. <laughs> no, nah, I wasn't going to do that to you. Uh, let's talk about uh, Lions and Chargers. Um, that that ugly game through and through. I mean, 10-13. Chargers were coming down the way, and then all of a sudden he got intercepted in the end zone. You you 
that was a forced play. Uh, there's nothing else to it. Uh, Phil Rivers went 21 for 36, 293 yards, no touchdowns, but he did have that interception in the end zone. That's no bueno. Um, Ellie got sacked once, which is pretty good considering the O-line is beat up. Um, Matthew Stafford, 22 for 30, 245, two touchdowns and two interceptions, but he was not sacked. A lot of QB pressure and a lot of QB hits, though. Um, on the running side, you got Austin Eckler, again, taking the majority of snaps, 17 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. He had a phenomenal day as well. Um, Justin Jackson also had some love, seven carries for 59 yards. And remember we were talking about when you have guys like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and all that running the ball? Phillip Rivers has a rush for 12 yards. And Phillip Rivers cannot be running, man. Well, again, again, if, but if that's what the defense gives you, I mean, 12 yards is enough to get a first down. So I, I, is, I know but... I, I have the mentality of a CFL fan, too, where quarterbacks are always running, even the non-mobile ones, because you only have two plays. So you've got to take everything the defense gives you. So the defense is going to give him 12 yards. And it's Rivers, right? So he, the defense probably gave him 20 yards, but he's slow enough that they only got 12, right? So, if, But if the defense is going to give you a first down, you have to take it. And, and, I, and, and I get that 100%. I really do. But when you have a guy like Rivers who let, – let me remind everybody how old Phil Rivers is. And I, I'm not going to use his kids as an example because, God, there's so many of them. Phil Rivers was drafted – um, at this in the 2004 draft with Eli Manning, and Ben, and who, and Roethlisberger, and Roethlisberger in the 2004 draft when they swapped, yeah, um, did the whole thing for Eli, uh, traded him to the Chargers and him to uh, uh the Giants, but he was in 2004. <laughs> Where are we? 15 years later, you can't have your 15-year veteran quarterback running. But again, especially, if the defense he, gives it to you, you have to take every play, especially in a close game like this. Sure, if it's a blowout, yeah, I agree. But, I mean, they were down in this game. and They needed everything they could get. And, if again, and, if the defense is going to empty out and give you 12 yards to run, you take it. And, and I get that. But, like, it, there's so much because their backup is Gino. It, no, it's not, he left, actually. Who it's Tyrod. It's Tyrod. It's Tyrod? Okay, yeah. well, then you have a decent backup. But, I mean, yeah, pretty good his backup. 40 time is 5.08. Quentin Williams ran a faster 40, and he's defensive <laughs> lineman. Come yeah. on, man. There is Come a reason on. Quentin Williams went third overall, after all. Oh, God. Anyways, 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 moving on. Um, Keen Allen, phenomenal day as well. He didn't get a touchdown, but the yardage was there. Eight receptions off of 15 targets. 15! You can't be that inaccurate with Keenan Allen. God, um, 98 yards. Mike Williams had a very good day as well. Um, five targets for three receptions, 83 yards. His longest was 47. So um, even still, that's still at least 20 yards apiece, give or take a few yards. I'm not going to do the math uh, for Mike Williams. So he still had a phenomenal day. Austin Eckler, like I said, had a great day. Um, six for six, 67 yards. Dontrell Emmon. Definitely came back and started to become a piece of his offense. Two targets, one reception, 28 yards. Got it when they needed it, and they needed it. Um, looking at the Lions, on Johnson, again, leaving, leading this backfield, excuse me. Uh, 12 carries, 41 yards. It's not bad, but, you know, 
you, you could do better, but they they spread the ball around. Uh, Ty Johnson got some love, five carries, 30 yards. Matthew Stafford ran for his life, four carries, 13 yards. Uh, C.J. Anderson wasn't really used that much. Neither was J.D. McKissick. Six, uh, five carries for Anderson, only eight yards. McKissick, two yards, two carries. Um, Kenny Galladay, though, was the lead man. Eight receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown he had a day. Carrion did better in the receiving core. Uh, two for three, 47 yards, and a TD. He had a nice day. Uh, Marvin Jones uh, couldn't come up with much, but he had 43 yards, so he got you some points. off of five, uh, He went five for six. Jesse James, the man from the Steelers that they brought in, um, three for 18, eight, uh, three for four with 18 yards. Wow. Um, he did all right, but he's a tight end, so he cut into TJ Hawkinson's time. TJ Hawkinson, who had the phenomenal day last week, really downgraded, and I thought he was going to do so well. One for three with seven yards. Um, I guess it was just the Galladay Johnson show, which goes to show you do not trust. Lines at all because it's a rotation. Whoever's got the hot hand gets the love, apparently. Um, but the defenses were both good. Um, what should we call it? Uh, while the Chargers couldn't get sack, the Lions did, but they both got interceptions. The Chargers got two interceptions. The Detroit Lions got one. So um, this game was a mixed bag. Definitely a big mixed bag. One takeaway I have is Kenny Galladay's ability to beat a good corner because uh, on that 31-yard touchdown, it was uh, Casey Hayward that was covering him. So that gives me a lot more faith in, sta- in Galladay's ability to kind of uh, oh, see a tough corner. I'm not going to be scared of playing him because I, I definitely benched him in one league. I think it was member for DK Metcalf. Maybe we talked about that on our Sunday morning show yeah. uh, simply because of that because I didn't, I didn't think he'd be able to constantly win against Casey Hayward. But all it took was one big play and, and Galladay really showed his ability and it's it was a good catch in the end zone and Hayward was right there. It's not like you know, he he got a step on Hayward, but Hayward recovered well and still forced Galladay to make a really good catch, which is something the contested catch ability is is definitely part of his game. And uh, see and see last week, you know, when uh you're looking at his uh numbers, it, it it's not like he was even there. I mean the the, the lead men it, last week was like TJ Hawkinson when he yep. had that big phenomenal day. Daniel Andola had a better day. Marvin Jones Jr. had a better day. And Kenny Galladay, nine for four, or four for nine, 42 yards. And then, and, then, he, then he blows up this game. I mean. And at the expense of Hawkinson and Amendola, who combined for one catch and seven yards, Amendola didn't, didn't catch his only target. Uh, you, you got shut out today. So uh, definitely, I, I feel like. Galdi is at his lowest is still a lot higher than Hawkinson and Amendola at their lowest. So I think regardless, he's going to be that number one guy um, going forward. And I think we, we shouldn't really be afraid to play him. I mean, moving on to another NFC North team, actually two NFC North teams. And I say so excitingly after a victory, but the Packers beat the, the Vikings 21, 16. Uh, I would say a game of two halves, but it was literally a game of one quarter and then like three quarters where the Packers, you know, were up 21-0 a minute into the second quarter and then didn't score another point for the rest of the game. And then the Vikings suddenly went on a 16-0 run um, just to go through the stats. So with the Vikings, it, it definitely wasn't Cousins. I mean, 14 for 32, 230, under 50% like that. That's that's pretty bad. Good defense by the Packers. Uh, 
but yeah, uh, now to be fair, one thing I noticed is that Cousins moves really well in the pocket. There was so much pressure in his face. He was constantly having to bootleg out and, and try and find different things. And uh, I guess the Vikings, part of their big game was going to be the bootleg game. Uh, but the Packers really shut that down, uh, covering anyone who would get passes underneath. And uh, they really limited the big plays, especially in the passing game. Um, he had the one touchdown to Diggs, the, the nice big pass to Diggs. Uh, which I guess, yeah, so the the Diggs pass there was, uh, I mean, Diggs, he, it was his only catch of the game, actually. He was targeted seven times, and he literally only made that catch for 49 yards and the touchdown. Um, the the fun, So the thing there is he, he beat Kevin King on that play, uh, and it was, Jair Alexander came from the opposite side of the field to almost get the pick. It was, it was actually, like, super impressive to even watch it live. I saw him running for it, and I thought he may be able to get it, and... I mean, he was almost right there, and it just just missed it, and uh, unfortunately landed right in Diggs' hands. Good, it was a good throw by Cousins, and the stat sheet shows that he played poorly, but I think Cousins played a lot better than what it looked because uh, there was a couple plays like the the big catch to Chad Beebe, uh, which went for sixty one yards. A lot of it was after the catch, but uh, Cousins was going down, getting a sack, and he kind of found Beebe right at the about ten yards downfield, and then. Uh, it, I guess the defense maybe thought he was getting sacked, so they rested and it let, allowed BB to get down right at the five-yard line. And to the Packers' credit, they helped him do a field goal on that play. The only touchdown they scored was that, again, that long bomb to Diggs. Um, it was all about the run game, though. Dalvin Cook, 20 carries, 154 yards, which is the career high for him, and the one touchdown. It came on a 75-yard run. And what I, I wrote about this in my, uh, my recap of the game. I released this yesterday. Uh, talked about how the Packers... Even though they allowed Cook to have a career high in yards, it was actually a pretty successful game defending him because his next longest yard went for run went for ten yards. They really, uh, you know, outside of that one seventy-five yard play, they really contained Cook and didn't allow him to get the big plays off, and that really helped secure the victory. Uh, so while on the on the outside you look at it as a as a poor defensive performance, I saw a lot of really good plays that that could have been a lot, you know, there could have been a lot more yards behind it, but uh, they they did good to keep contain and not let Cook bounce things to the outside and use that explosive ability. Adam Thielen was treated as the number one receiver. So I think uh, one thing that I always take from is how do opposing defenses view an offense? In this case, they had Jair Alexander on Thielen all day, which tells me the Packers think that Thielen is the number one receiver on this team. Uh, he led the team in, re in receiving yards, caught five catches for 75 yards. The longest was 30. I think that was one of the rare plays Alexander wasn't on him, but most of the day Alexander held him in check. Uh, whenever he covered him, and then whenever he was covering Diggs, he was he didn't catch anything. So uh, yeah, so that's teams view Thielen as the number one receiver. So I don't know if to take too much from that uh, because obviously with the touchdown, Diggs had the better fantasy day. But uh, but that's uh, anyway that's the Viking side of things. Uh, I mentioned Chad Beebe's big catch. Uh, Kyle Rudolph three catches for nine yards, which is nine more yards than he had in week one. So it, it's it's definitely an improvement, but I don't know if it's enough of an improvement to keep him on fantasy rosters. He still played 100% of the snaps, and he has nine. He, so he's through two games. He's played every snap, and he has nine yards to show for it. It tells you everything you need to know. He, they use him as a blocker a lot and catching when when he needs to, but the Packers really limited that. Aaron Rodgers, 22 for 34, 209 yards, two touchdowns, took a couple sacks, uh, but, I mean, overall did better than he did against the Bears. Uh, it was a massive game for Aaron Jones. 23 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Targeted six times, which I tied for second most on the team, including uh, some good red zone work with him. He caught, you know, he had 34 receiving yards, which was second behind only Devontae Adams. 
Uh, Jamal Williams caught a touchdown pass on the opening drive, a nice screen pass for 15 yards up the middle. Uh, nine, he gained 28 yards on the ground as well, so he, he figured in. I mean, they, they ran the ball over 30 times in that game, so definitely a lot more balanced. It helped when you're up 21 nothing all of a sudden like that, but uh, Devontae Adams, seven catches, 106 yards. Uh, he had The first play of the game was a 39-yard catch by Adams, which was more than his entire Bears output altogether. I think he had 36 yards in that game, so... Right off the bat, it was definitely showed to be a good day for Adams. John Allison, five targets, four catches, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Had a fumble, though. Uh, it was costly because it was in field goal range. So that definitely took points off the board. Uh, it could have been three. could have even been seven. Uh, Valdez Scantling started six times, only caught three of them for 19 yards. And Jake Kumro, one catch for 12 yards on his only target. Jimmy Graham, even though he played more in this game, uh, he was targeted twice but couldn't catch either. So... Uh, I don't know. Definitely shows that Graham is not uh, doesn't figure as much as as Allison Valdez Scantling. It's it's that was kind of the order I thought it would be that he would never be more than fourth on the team. It changed against the Bears a little bit. Uh, they were able to exploit some matchups a bit more, but uh, I think for most weeks, Graham's going to be fourth, fifth guy on the tar- on the target totem pole. Even here, he was sixth. Uh, Jamal Williams had more targets than him, so I don't I don't know. It's going to be tough to play Jimmy Graham most weeks in my mind. Any quick takeaways here? Um, few of them, but uh, real quick, I got a breaking news from my sleeper app and from my fantasy light update. Uh, Deshaun Jackson has a abdominal strain that is expected to sideline side him for two weeks. So, oh, okay, we could get to that game next. But as far as this game goes, um, I love Kirk Cousins in this. I mean, I mean, it's the battle of the two quarterbacks. I mean, these stats are while well, the attempts are different, but like. 14 for 32, 230 yards, 7.2%. One touchdown, two interceptions. 22 for 34, 209, 66.1 average. Two touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, I'm not, the stat lines are not similar, but like when you when you read them off like that, you think one's Aaron Rodgers and the other one's Kirk Cousins, but you don't know which. And um, just like, and then when you think Aaron Rodgers is the 209 and Kirk is 230, it's like what? Just last week, they only threw the ball, uh, ran, what, 10 total? Um, 10 passes, yeah, 10 passes. 10 passes, passes, and now they're doing 32? Like, that's unbelievable. And then, you know, Dalvin Cook always being Dalvin Cook. I mean, a career high for him? Yeah, because he had, like, what, the last two years off because of injury, and now he's come back healthier and better than ever, and he's just, like, running everyone down? I wouldn't be surprised if that man's RB1 by the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's shaping up to be. I think he's. I think right now he's RB two. I think Austin Eckler with all like what three, four touchdowns. I think he has now. He's RB one right now. But yeah, in PPR leagues, Dalvin Cook is RB two. I mean that that's ridiculous from a man who had ACL tear and injury. This that, you name it, he's had it. And then Aaron Jones had day for himself. You know, twenty three carries, one hundred sixteen yards, one touchdown. I mean, this entire game was filled with guys who had fancy relevance. Alan Thielen, 75 yards, eight, eight, eight targets, five receptions, 75 yards, no touchdowns. The only touchdown went to Stephon Diggs, who did it on the one and only catch he had out of seven targets for 49 yards. Which is confusing me because he had seven targets for one reception. But his yeah, launch I, I, was 45, 
but they're saying he has 49 yards. Yeah, that's weird by me too because it should be 49. I don't know. I'm seeing that too. I just ignored that and assumed it was an error because he uh, again his only catch was that big 49 yard touchdown catch. So that's true. Anyways, Chad BB yard talked about it. You know, defense is relaxed and he just took off. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook got in the passing game too. Three for three, 37 yards. I mean, this is fantasy loaded until you get to the fumbles. And there were a lot. Oh, yeah. Turnovers galore. Well, there are two by Kirk Cousins, two by Chad Beebe, one by Stephon Diggs. Cousins lost one. Stephon Diggs lost his one. Harrison Smith recovered one. Hercules Batafa. Uh, that, that's an awesome name, first off. But I yeah. it. I, pro- I probably botched it. But um, he recovered one. Get going, Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers lost the fumble. Jerome that was on him. That was that was definitely Corey Lindsley's. That was a bad snap. It, like it, it didn't even it like it landed at Rodgers' feet. Like that was the, the worst snap I've ever seen Corey Lindsley make. And it again, I, I, I assume it's going to be the worst I'll ever see him make because he's he's usually pretty solid. So that that was. Uh, that wasn't on Rodgers. Technically, it's on Rodgers. I hate that they do that, though, that they put the it on. Technicality they always... is on Rodgers, but it's him because of the technicality. Yeah. But, I mean, Rodgers lost one. Drama Allison lost one. Traymond Williams recover one. Dion Lowry recover one. And then, like, you go down interceptions. Preston Smith and Kevin King both have an interception. Like, this is a more defense. The defense probably scored more points than the damn offensive players. Uh, none of them are pick sixes. Oh, yeah, like fantasy defense. Yeah, it was definitely a good day for the Packers' fantasy defense. But let's move on to the next game. Uh, 49ers at Bengals. Take, you want to take the honors? I shall, sir. So this is a uh, this, this this was a game for uh, the, the, the money right here. 49ers are showing that they are back. They are back with a brand-new groove. I don't know what uh, Jimmy Garofalo's girlfriend, which we know is a uh, fame porn star, did, but he, he's back. I mean, Jimmy G's looking like little Brady again. Um, 17 for 25, 297 yards, three touchdowns, one interceptions. I mean, the man was phenomenal. Dante Pettis threw a freaking 16-yard bomb, one for one. And that, I mean, they, they had to do a little wildcat, which you kind of like. But um, Matt Breida, like we all talked about, had not the biggest target share. Because he had 12 carries versus Rasheem Mozart's 13. But he might as well led the team. 121 yards. He averaged 10.1 per yard or per carry. 34 was his longest. Rashard Mozart, 13 carries, 83 yards. 6.4 yards as the average. So Mozart might probably have gone more uh, in the carry department, but it's still Matt Breida's baby. He's still got the yardage. He's still the more fantasy relevant, but they're both fantasy relevant, let's be honest. Until you get to Jeff Wilson, who stole both of their touchdowns. Um, <laughs> he had 10 carries, 34 yards, two touchdowns. Who the hell is Jeff Wilson? <laughs> well, he was there He was there last year. He kind of did the same thing. Uh, just, just a touch on it you said 10 carries he had five of those carries inside uh the the red zone two of them inside the five and those i think were both his scores so he got the best carries in terms of the the quality of where you're getting the carries but yeah it was uh was definitely some vulturing matt burita managers are definitely not happy 
No. I mean, would you be? I mean, Jimmy G ran for his life. Debo ran for it a little bit. Kyle Jusic got into the game. I love Kyle Jusic. He's one of my favorite players. Um, as far as receiving goes, my boy Debo from the Carolina uh, led the team. Seven targets, five receptions, 87 yards, and a touchdown. He had himself a day. He was the most targeted, and he had the most catches. So keep that in mind. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, 3-for-3, three three, 77 yards, also a touchdown. He had himself a day. Uh, Mozart got in the passing game more, so I think he, they're going to start leaving him at the door for wide receiver more duty than Prita, but he can do both should need be. That's why I think they're going to go for it more. Uh, three for four with uh, 68 yards and a touchdown, so he had himself a little day. Kittle is being unkittle-like. Three for three, 54 yards. Granted, we did see Nick Mullins target the big man more, so I don't know, man. This is they're starting to get away from George Kittle. He's not getting touchdowns or the yardage. That's I mean, he did good. Fun. He did good last week. That that was an encouraging sign. I think he led them last week in. Uh, I know he had four red zone targets. I'm pretty sure he scored a touchdown. Led them in receptions and yards. So, I don't know. I, I view this more as an anomaly. But uh, right. we'll, well, we'll, let's, we'll let's I guess we do. Finish. We do only have two games, so we'll see. Maybe maybe the first game was the anomaly. Uh, yeah, I mean, let, let's see. Let, let let's reassess this about week four, week five. We got a few games under our belt. Like I said, Matt Breida, one for one, 11 uh, yardage. So um, it's it's a mixed bag, but it's a good mixed bag of who you want to take. Definitely a running back by committee. Um, Breida's getting the yards. Mozart's getting the air work. And Wilson's getting the red zone carries, which is not good for fancy people, but good for the 49ers, obviously. Andy Dalton had another big day, 26 uh Excuse me, 26 completions, 42 attempts, 311 yards on top of his 418 yardage last uh, last week against the um, the Seahawks for a grand total of 729 yards. He's still leading the NFL. That's craziness that the Bengals QB is leading. Um, two touchdowns, one interception. He got sacked four times in this game. So we're definitely seeing an improved defense as far as the 49ers have. Joe Mixon was the big man on the hill today for a whopping 17 yards on 11 carries. I don't know, man. They just stopped him all day. Uh, normally, Giovanni Bernard was the man, but they just stopped him all day. Um, while they stopped him on the ground, they did not stop him in the air. Tyler Boyd, 10 receptions, 10 targets. So he went perfect with 122 yards. This man was phenomenal. Uh, John Ross, eight, uh, four for eight, 112, and a touchdown. He still had a big day. So I think John Ross is the big deal. But, again, it's only week two. We need a bigger sample size to confirm that. Uh, speaking of sample, Drew Sample. Yes. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, two for three with 25 yards, no touchdown. So um, now we're just getting the heebie-skeebie, like the lower end. Uh, Alex Eckerson, one for three. Joe Mixon, three for five. Tyler Eifert, three for five. By the way, these some of these guys don't have more than 10 yards or 15 yards, I should say, if we're going to include Alex Eckerson. Um, Giovanni, one for three. 
Auden Tate, don't know who he is, one for one for two for six yards. Damon Willis, one for three with six yards. I mean, outside Boyd and Ross, it's not much of a big, you know, pawn to choose from. By the way, Auden Tate, he was a rookie last year. I think they took him, like, in the seventh round. He's a big-bodied guy, but, like, he apparently just can't get open at all, can't run routes. He's, like, it's like a red zone guy, essentially. He's, like, a, like his tight end almost, but he's he can't block. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to factor in too much. And, I mean, this is, like you said, John Ross, Tyler Boyd, they're getting all these yards. What's going to happen when A.J. Green's back? Although we're hearing reports now that uh, him being back by week four, week five isn't, so certain anymore it might take till week nine they they may even hold him till the bye week week uh, i think week nine bye so we might not see him till week 10 uh anyway moving on we'll go to the dallas and washington game uh cowboys won 31 21 and i guess division games are always a bit closer right? I, I know i expected dallas to kind of wipe the floor with them but uh didn't quite happen dak though uh don't don't tell him uh 26 for 30 269, three touchdowns, one interception. It's the only blemish, but the fact he only had, you know, he had four incompletions and one of them was an interception. That, that looks pretty good. Uh, Zeke continues to be who he is. 23 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Caught both his targets for nine yards. Do hope that he gets more involvement in the passing game. And it's not as if Tony Pollard, the backup running back, got that. He only had one target, which he caught for three yards. Also ran for four times for 22 yards. Uh, but yeah, the big target monster ended up being Michael Gallup. Eight targets, six catches, 68 yards. And uh, he went for an MRI in his knee, and they're talking that he may miss some time. So in his absence, obviously, we expect Amari Cooper to step up. He went five on five targets, four catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Jason Witten, who still keeps getting red zone targets. I think he had, he had two in week one. I think he had three this week. Uh, came down with a, yet another touchdown. Yeah, three three red zone targets. That's what it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he got a touchdown for twenty five yards. Uh, Randall Cobb, five catches for twenty four yards. Uh, I do expect Cobb to if if uh, gallops out. I do expect Cobb to see more than the six targets he did in this game. Uh, I could see him getting a, maybe about half of what Gallup Gallup's target share would have been, and I certainly think Cooper's going to get more too. Um, but really, it seems like the offense kind of goes through those four main players. Uh, Devin Smith did have a 51-yard touchdown reception from from Prescott, so he, I mean, so he had ended up with 74 yards on the day, which is pretty good. That seems kind of fluky, but we'll see. Maybe with Gallup's absence, he takes over. On the Washington side, Case Keenum, 26 completions, 37 yards, or sorry, 26 for 37, 37 yards would be pretty pathetic. Uh, 221 yards, two touchdowns, uh, no turnovers, so a clean sheet there. Uh, the guy on the ground ended up being Adrian Peterson. You know, he was inactive week one, but with Garius Geis out now, uh, Peterson came back. 2.5 yards of carry isn't great, but he also scored a touchdown, so you can forgive him. He even caught two passes, and I think one of them was a red zone target. Uh, Chris Thompson, two carries, three yards, but he always makes his game, name in the running in the receiving game. He was targeted eight times, caught five of them for 48 yards. Some of the backup running back, uh, Wendell Smallwood, who I forgot ended up with Washington after the Eagles cut him this year, but uh, he carried the ball once for four yards, got uh, two targets, one of which I think was a red zone target. So, yeah, actually, yeah, two, both his targets were red zone targets, so it kind of shows where they were using him. Terry McLaurin, the rookie, had another big day. It's another touchdown for him and through two games of his career, five catches, 62 yards, and that score. Trey Quinn went seven targeted, 
who was targeted seven times, only caught four for 36. Tight end Vernon Davis targeted four times, caught three for 29. And Paul Richardson caught all three of his targets for 16 yards and a touchdown. Uh, we are short for time, so keep it quick. Any any takeaways from this? Yeah, Dallas is not as cracked up as you really think they are. I mean, Washington didn't have a positive record last year. They were real with injuries. They're still trying to get all their guys back. They're, again, real with injuries. Uh, they played the Giants week one, which the Dolphins, I'm pretty sure, can beat them. But who knows at this point. And they played the Dolphins this coming week. Um, well, this is nice that you're playing against defenses that you can actually pummel and do good against because they have crap corners or whatever the case may be. Um, temper expectations when the Cowboys actually play a team that had a winning record and is actually good going into I don't know, week four, week five, something like that. Um, then we'll see Dallas's true colors to see if Dak Prescott is all cracked up as he can be. Um, still like Zach, uh, still like Zeke, excuse me. Um, and I like Cooper. Um, uh, I think Tony Pollard is going to have a bigger game with Gallup out or Delvin Smith. De- Devin Smith is going to have a big game. One of those two, because they both like how they run them with the routes. Case nice. Keenum, I like him and AP, um, other than that, I'm not trusting any Washington receivers. Okay, so you're kind of seeing McLaurin as kind of the, this is fluky these first two games. Yeah, I mean, they they have guys out and they 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 don't have a true number one, so it's the best. It's, it's almost looking like it's McLaurin though. It's almost, but I mean, we right. will. See, is, like I said, week four. So week four is when we get the the true the truth of it. We're three, you know, a quarter way through the season. It's a bit of a measuring stick. Uh, speaking of rookies, uh, the Cardinals had their rookie quarterback throw pretty impressively. You want to go through the the game score there between the Cardinals and Ravens? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, I was going to go to Saints and Rams, but we could do Cardinals Ravens. Um, for that game, we had Lamar Jackson versus Kyle Murray, uh, two very good ground guys versus. I mean, they they could throw the ball and they could run the ball, and they were really good in both. Kyle Murray went 25 for 40 with 3409 yards, which is insane for a rookie. Um, Lamar Jackson, he 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 had less of a better day. Um, he's actually come back down to earth. 24 for 37, 272 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, sacked twice. Um, Kyle Murray was sacked three times in both. Uh, David Johnson, 17 carries, 14 yards. They pretty much didn't use him. Well, he uh, was he also left with an injury at at some point, so that he, he, he returned. So, he returned and then he scored the touchdown. So he, it seems like he's okay. I, I still would be worried about him a little bit, especially if he has to leave. Yeah, um, yeah, I, and and only get one target too. That's kind of scary. We expect him to be more involved. Yeah, you always expect them to be more involved. I mean. He, he's a big name back, first round pick. You want to play him, you have to play him. But seeing something like that, it's scary and it's worrisome. Um, as far as Baltimore rushing, Lamar Jackson, 16 carries, 120 yards. Mark Ingram, 13 carries, 47 yards. It's still the Lamar Jackson show. He still will be the running back and the quarterback on this team. Make no mistake, he's trying, he is proving himself hard to shut the critics up, and he's doing a phenomenal job doing it for our fantasy owners. I am one of those owners. Thank you, Lamar. Um, Cardinals receiving. It looks like uh, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitz, the ageless wonder. God, I love that man. 
11 targets. He got a target 11 times, only holding five of them for 104 yards. That is ridiculousness. Larry Fitzgerald is just the ageless wonder. Uh, Christian Kirk is looking to be the rookie that uh, helps himself out here. Uh, eight targets, six receptions, 114 yards. He seems to be the go-to for right now. Um, there's a lot of other guys that they have, but it's spread out far too wide. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson, Max Williams, Chase Edmonds, Michael Crabtree, Charles Clay, David Johnson. Obviously, Johnson was not most of it, but for everyone else, it got spread out big. You got a very little target share and not the big receptions. The only one that you actually can separate is Damier Bird. Uh, seven targets, six receptions, 45 yards. So um, besides Kirk, Fitzgerald, or Bird, I would not trust anyone else. This is big considering Crabtree was one of those guys you trusted as a wide receiver not so long ago. Um, and uh, Kyle Murray did fumble once, so that's uh, not good for his fantasy stock. As far as Baltimore is receiving, Mark Andrews is still the number one guy. Nine targets, eight receptions, 112 yards, and a TD. He had himself a day. Highwood Brown. He got targeted a lot, 13 times, but he, he only hauled in eight of them for 86 yards. So they're able to do a better job stopping him. Uh, Mark Ingram went two for two, 30 yards. He got into the run game. Uh, Nick Boyle, Miles My, Borkin, uh, Justice Hill, Willie Sneed, Patrick Richard, and uh, Hayden Hurst all had one reception off of multiple targets. It's not looking good for Willie Sneed, who was a big game guy just last week. So, um, again, hot hand there with Mark Andrews leading the pack and Hollywood Brown not that far behind him. Um, Matt Secura and Mark Andrews also both lost a fumble. Like I said before, this is a very big mixed bag, but I'm liking Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, Mark Ingram for the Ravens. Uh, not much else. Give me their defense, depending on the team, but um, Kyle Murray kind of cut them up pretty good. Yeah, I actually kind of agree with that. That uh, was pretty good analysis there. Um, I don't think there's much else to say about that, so let's move on to Seahawks and Steelers. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, Seahawks won... 28-26, uh, Steelers scored 13 points, half their total in the fourth quarter. So uh, the big news from this is Ben Roethlisberger uh, injured his, I think his UCL, which is definitely something you hear a lot more from baseball pitchers and uh, maybe something that you've heard from baseball pitchers. He's, he needs Tommy John surgery, so that puts him out for the year. And I know some people are questioning career as well. Um, how this rehab process is going to be pretty tough for him and how, how is he going to come back at 38? So I don't know. It's, it's really up in the air. If Ben Roethlisberger is going to play another down in the NFL, he, he, the initial statements he kind of made were that he, he was going to honor the contract next year. He's under contract and he wants to come back, but we'll see if his body allows him to, uh, that's a pretty big blow. Mason Rudolph came in, uh, and again, led them to a close to a, a fourth quarter uh, drive at the end. Uh, couldn't quite complete it, but uh, at least uh, got the game close and maybe has some hope for the future. So in this game, uh, Russell Wilson went 29 for 35, 300 yards and three touchdowns. Continue, 35 attempts, actually quite a bit for him. <laughs> and uh, his efficiency is still there. So that's uh, great to hear from Wilson. He ran Thanks it all six times. Us. 
22 to- two yards. So there's some production there. Um, now, running back-wise, Penny actually outgained Chris Carson, even though Chris Carson had more carries. Penny went 10 attempts for 62 yards and a touchdown. But part of that was his 37-yard touchdown run, uh, which you take away, obviously, Carson has more... You know, more volume and more uh, production there. Carson also got targeted in the red zone among his two other targets. He ended up with 60 yards on the ground, 27 through the air. Uh, he fumbled, and that sort of is what kind of crept into having Penny and CJ Proceis get more more time at running back. So, um, you know, I, I think, I mean, it's tough to say he'll get, he'll get more volume because, again, he had 18 touches in this game. But I, I think... You know, that, that's pretty consistent for Carson. And even a game where he got benched, he still touched the ball 18 times. So I feel like he's pretty safe most weeks. As I mentioned, Procise, you know, uh, he always seemed to figure more in the pass game than the run game anyway. Caught all three of his targets for 13 yards. Mm-hmm. A lot of that was in a, a two-minute drill they had at the end of, of the second quarter. Uh, and he didn't really see the field much else after that. Uh, Tyler Lockett, after only catching, what was it, one pass last week, caught he was targeted 12 times. Caught 10 of them for 79 yards. Uh, DK Metcalf on seven targets, only hauled in three, but a big one. A six. Uh, there was a 28-yard uh, reception for a touchdown, and he had two other catches to a total, ended up uh, totaling 61 yards on the day. Malik Turner uh, ended up with three targets. Will Disley, the tight end, five targets, caught all five of them for 50 yards, two touchdowns. He also got two red zone targets. And at this point... Only two players on the Seahawks have had touched the ball in the red zone this year. Chris Carson and Will Disley. So, um, you know, that's those are their two red zone weapons, apparently. I know we were kind of waiting to see between Disley and Vinette who would emerge, and it seems like Disley's kind of got the edge on him. Uh, he outplayed him in snaps through both the first two weeks, although it wasn't by much. I mean, we're talking... I had it here. Uh, in week one, Disley played 51% of the snaps, Vinette 49 and we Separate a little bit, 59 to 42 in favor of Disley, but Vanette's on the field lots, but Disley's getting the targets. Anyway, so I, I talked about Mason Rudolph coming in. He went 12 for 19, 112 yards, and two touchdowns, one interception for the Steelers. Again, for a rookie, or not a rookie, but for a guy making his first NFL action in the regular season, he, he looked pretty sharp, especially against a good Seahawks defense. Uh, on top of losing Big Ben, James Conner also left the game with an injury. Before he did, he wasn't running too efficiently, 11 carries, 33 yards. Exactly three yards a carry. It's not great, but he did get a touchdown. Uh, got four targets. So he figured he was involved in the passing game, more so than Samuels was, who only got one target. Three carries, 18 yards on his part. Not the greatest. Uh, Benny Snell came in, had one carry for 23 yards. Uh, I would say looked explosive, but it's tough to say a guy that slow looks explosive. But, man, he trucked for, for 23 yards, and maybe we'll see him get more carries if Connor's forced to miss time. Juju uh, was targeted eight times, caught five of them for 84 yards. You do figure, though, it's going to be tough for him to to constantly be a wide receiver one every week without Ben, but we'll see. Maybe he and Rudolph develop a connection. Vance McDonald certainly had a connection with him, caught all seven of his targets for 38 yards and two touchdowns, and I think both of those touchdowns were with Rudolph. Yeah, oh, yeah Ben didn't throw a touchdown, so yes, all, both those touchdowns were through Rudolph. Uh, James Washington, three targets, two catches, 23 yards. Deontay Johnson, the rookie, four targets, but only one catch for 17 yards. Dante Moncrief, after dropping, after only catching, what was it, three of 10 targets last week, couldn't catch his only target this week, and lost a lot of snaps. Uh, his It was really telling, because week one, he played, I think, as much as Juju did. Uh, they would, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in week one, they both Moncrief and Juju played 90% of the snaps. This week, Moncrief only played 32 whereas Juju played 82, and then even 
James Washington played 60%, Deontay Johnson 47. So Moncrief's already starting to get phased out. So I think I think the end is is near for him in terms of fantasy relevance. If it's not already here, I mean, again, you get a big zero in this game. Um, yeah. Any quick takeaways, or can we get to the Colts Titans game? We can go Colts Titans. I mean, this game, like I said, Big Ben's out. It's Mason Rudolph show. We gotta see if he could be a baby Ben. Or if the Steelers are just going to tumble down this rabbit hole like the Jets are. So we'll see. Um, As far as the Colts and Titans game, uh, definitely uh, not what you want to see when uh, you expect a guy like uh, (laughs) Delaney Walker saying crown him if you want to crown him. Uh, Jacoby Brissett definitely had a bounce back game, 17 for 28, 146 yards. Three touchdowns, one interception. He was sacked three times. Um, Jordan Wilkins was the uh, uh, main guy here. He did not get the most carries, but he got the most yardage. Uh, five carries, 82 yards. Marlon Mack was the man on the ground. 20 carries for 51 yards. He had a terrible day. He, they just kept pounding him, pounding him, pounding him. Um, Brissett ran a couple times, seven to be exact, for 25 yards. And Neil Himes had two carries for nine yards. T.Y. Uh, was the leader again, uh, four for six with 43 yards and a touchdown. Um, Eric Ebron was next man up with three for four, 25 one target. Uh, Chester Roger and Jack Doyle were involved, three for four, two for three. And then after that, it was a crapshoot of one target or one reception going all the way down for the running backs more or less. Uh, Jacoby Brissett did fumble the ball once, so that is something that you have to keep in mind. Uh, but overall, the Colts did just enough to beat out the Titans, who apparently Mariota had a down day after murdering the hell out of the Browns. Uh, 19 for 28, 154 yards, one touchdown. Sacked four times, so the defense were really good on both sides in this game. Um, Derrick Henry was doing Derrick Henry things, 15 carries, 81 yards, one touchdown. Um, Marcus Mariota ran for himself for a little bit. Deion Lewis actually got in the run game. And so did Adam Humphreys, but it wasn't for significant yardage. Uh, Delaney Walker was the number one receiver, uh, four for six, 39 yards. So he's still doing good things. Corey Davis had a big bounce back game, three for five, 38, um, Big, big considering he well no it's it's big considering he got zero so you're right it was a big a big bounce back game for him it was I mean he he did something <laughs> <laughs> yeah better than nothing right um so uh, again like like we were talking about the other games temporary expectations so we could see a bigger sample size but AJ Brown also had another nice day um three for five for twenty five yards so we know he's definitely going to be involved in the passing game. Um, but again, like I said, defenses were a big factor in this game and they were both just on point. Uh, TJ Sharp, two for two, 24 yards. Derrick Henry got involved, two for three, 12 yards. And then it was just a slew of one receiving per both. Biggest takeaway here was fumbles. Jacoby Brissett lost a fumble. Marcus Mariola fumbled and so did Derrick Henry, which hurt both their values. Harold Landry recovered a to recover Jacoby Brissett's uh, lost fumble. Um, they, like I said, the defense was for big takeaways. 
The Colts had five QB hits. The Titans had six QB hits. So, um, they they also have five passes uh, deflected. The Titans did. So, like I said, uh, definitely um, big defensive day, especially since the t- Tennessee Titans had one interception off the Indianapolis Colts. And yeah, I think you mentioned that pretty well. Uh, half of Jacoby Brissett's passes went to receivers, or at least half of his targets went to receivers, and one third went to tight ends. So it definitely, you're, you mentioned it. He doesn't really pass too often to the the running backs. Um, I think Hilton ended up with the most targets on the team, which is we should expect. Uh, but after that, it's kind of, you're right. It was kind of a mixed bag. Strangely, Paris Campbell has gotten two red zone targets, one in each game so far, and he kind of a, a you know a similar frame to T. Y. Hilton. You'd expect. A guy like Moali Cox or Jack Doyle, maybe even Deion Kane was a bigger receiver to get some of those. But uh, no, it's been Paris Campbell. So kind of a nice revelation for the rookie. Well, Kyle, we have another breaking news update. Pat, uh, New England Patriots play starting left tackle on IR. Isaiah Wynn will miss yeah. at minimum eight weeks due to the foot injury. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, I, there was talk that, yeah, he was gonna, he got, he'd gotten injured against the Dolphins. So that, uh, yeah, that, that offensive line is getting beaten down. Um, I was going to let you do this game, but uh, do you want me to take the Dolphins-Patriots? I was going to let you do that so you could make yourself feel better about your Jets. Well, you mind if I double up and do this one? Yeah, go ahead. Let's talk Patriots then. I got, I got to make myself feel better after getting shellacked. But let's talk about another team that got shellacked. The Miami Dolphins, 43 for nothing. I hate both these teams, but um, at least the, I didn't get shut out. Um, Tom Brady, just doing Tom Brady things as normal. Uh, 20 for 28, 264 yards, two touchdowns. He did get sacked twice, um, bowling for nine yards, so minimal yardage. Um, Sonny Michelle was the lead man this time. Uh, we always expected him to be the lead man, but we don't expect to know where the touchdowns or targets will go. But in this case, it went to him. 21 carries, 85 yards, one touchdown. Burkhead got into the game more than James White, which, like I said, it, whoever has the hot hand, and there was a lot of hot hands. Uh, five carries for 21 yards, no touchdowns. White had three f- carries for 10 yards. A.B., who they brought into this game just to pummel the hell out of the Dolphins, uh, had one rush on a sweep, one for five. James Devlin, the man, the myth, the stealer. Uh, he always likes to steal those touchdowns. <laughs> um, two carries, three yards. Tom Brady ran twice. <laughs> he don't. Tom Brady. Well, there, was, there was a QB sneak in there, right? That was the that was the one touchdown. And and and, it, and like you said, it was the touchdown. But Tom Brady does not run. But wow. he, but he sneak. He does QB sneak enough when they need the, the you know those. You know, third and ones or whatever. He'll he's not afraid to do that, and and that's that's how he racks up his touchdowns. It'll never be him carrying the ball or running into the end zone. It'll always be diving in behind the O line. No, because we've already seen Tom Brady try to receive the ball and run the ball, and it's oh, not pretty. Yeah, receive the ball. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> Anyways, um, AB came into this game for the first time as a Patriot, murked on the Dolphins like he normally does. Four for eight. On 56 yards, one touchdown. Julia Elman always doing his thing. Uh, four for four, 51 yards. Rex Burkhead also had a decent day in the passing. Two for two, 47 yards. Uh, Philip Bursett also near perf, also perfect. 
Uh, the only one who's not perfect was A.B. and James White, pretty much. And Josh Gordon. Uh, everyone else had perfect uh, scores. Phil set three for three, 39 yards. Matt Lacoste had two for two, 33 yards. Shane Floyd, like I said, three for four, 19 yards, and a touchdown. So he did have a touchdown. But Flash Gordon was shut out this game, two for five with 19 yards. He was not... Uh, I think he was put. I think Micah Fitzpatrick was put on him just before he got traded. So, uh, yeah, right there. Uh, so Michelle did hurt his fancy value, though. He did have a fumble and he did lose it. Um, Dolphins. But but I will say to that though, he still got 21 carries in the game. So that shows that, you know, it's not the quite the Stephen Ridley where he he fumbled and he got you know got a foot dog in the doghouse. Uh, you know, I think Michelle was productive enough that he. Like you said, he eighty-five yards of touchdown. That was enough for the coaching staff to kind of keep him in there. So, I mean, but you're right; it it is a little concerning if he continues to do so. Yeah, and I mean, while the coaching staff is concerned about fumbles and all that, not as big as fantasy players and fantasy fans, um, I think he's he he, he did more than enough to stay in. Uh, unlike Josh Rosen and my, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who Ryan Fitzpatrick started the game, but Josh Rosen finished the game more or less. Um, Fitzpatrick, 11 for 21, 89 yards, three interceptions, four sacks. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen, there is more. Seven, seven uh, completions, 18 attempts for 97 yards, one interception, and three sacks for Josh Rosen for a grand total of seven sacks on the Dolphins quarterbacks. That is ridiculousness. Seven sacks and like 180 yards total passing anyway like <laughs> um, the, the, that's ridiculousness i'm sorry you i understand they're in full tank mode but come on at least protect your guy somehow oh god anyways that o-line is pretty bad and it's showing and they you know it obviously it, got worse losing tunsil but yeah <laughs> it's obviously getting worse um kenyon drake was the big man in the hill 16 six carries for 19 yards when i say big man in the hill i'm kind of lying well, I mean, it's a little hill for rushing yards, so you're right. It's an ant hill. Let's leave it at that. Um, Mark Wilson, don't know who he is. Obviously must have been a running back. They just decided to throw Walton. him there. Mark Walton. Walton? He was uh, drafted by the – was it the – no, it was the Bengals. He got drafted by the Bengals last year, and then they cut him this year in training camp. So just a guy they picked up during training camp. So not not really so, of anyone of – Yeah, no, he – Okay, I'm going to say whatever I want because he's not fancy relevant. Ryan Fitzpatrick ran for his life one uh, one carry for six yards. <laughs> That's his um, life is six yards. <laughs> <laughs> Ballage. Oh, he, he did better than Ballage. Um, <laughs> ba- well, Ballage not really. Four times for six yards. Yeah. Come on, man. He did exactly the same as Ballage, but yeah, it's not good. Uh, Jakeen Grant had negative yardage, so he did the worst. But he's a receiver, so that that was probably a screen pass that got blown up because the Patriots don't get fooled by stuff like that. Or no, not a screen pass, a sweep or something. Uh, that's the thing about the Patriots. They don't lose their OC, but they lose their DCs all the time, and like n- like it's just nothing. Like They just put in another DC, and it's like, here's the game plan, run with the game plan, don't be an idiot, and they just... It's all Belichick, man. That defense is all him. Doesn't matter who's calling plays. It's his defense. It's all figureheads there. It's all figurehead. Play calling's important, and it just Belichick knows it's important enough that he can't afford to do it if he's game managing. But I mean, again, the, the defensive structures and systems—that's all Belichick. 
and he creates it week to week. And uh, it's not that you really had to tailor much to this offense because there's really nothing there, as you mentioned. Preston Williams oh. is like the only bright spot, maybe six targets for four catches, 63 yards. He looks, you know, he's got the physical stature and I know he went undrafted, but a lot of people are saying it was his spotty red flag pass that caused him to go undrafted. You know, if, if it, you know, if he had a pristine sort of behavior in college, he would have m- maybe been a first round pick. So oh, yeah. he's talented. And I, I do still think Kenny Drake's talented, but the you know the misuse of him is well. Kenny Drake was my the second mo- was the second highest receiver and targeted. Well, no, actually he was tied for second for targets, uh, but he Behind had the most receptions. Yeah, yeah. Five, six for five with twenty nine yards, no touchdowns. Obviously, um, Durham Smite. Who the hell is this guy? I, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I've never even really heard of him. I don't even know how much he played. I'll check that. Uh, one for Matt one, uh, 24 yards. Shaquem Grant did better in the passing. Three for seven. Seven. Um, 22 not yards. Not even the worst. Smite's actually a tight end. Sorry, Smite is a tight end. He is? He must yeah. be like four-string tight end. Uh, He played more than O'Leary in this game. So I think he's technically the second string, although O'Leary played more than him in, game, in week one. So that's either way. He's second or third. So whoever gets a hot hand. Anyways, let's go down to some terrible list. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alan Hearns, one for two, 13 yards. What the Alan Hearns has been like going downhill ever since he left. What Dallas? Uh, he had a good year in the Jets. Well, no, he didn't really do much with the Cowboys. It was really his time with the Jags that he, he was at his best. But again, he's That's coming good. off a pretty serious injury. We already kind of referenced that. So yeah, so we'll we'll give him a break. Uh, Mark, Mark, whatever. I don't care. Gisecki, uh, twelve years. Gisecki. No, 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 no. Stay I'm talking me. about the first one. I'm talking about the one oh, the Walton. W, the Walton. You're talking about Walton? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He went one for two with 12 yards. Mark Gusecki had one for two for 11 yards. They, yeah, right. Not 12, 11. My mistake. <laughs> so we we know which mark is better. Um, Nick O'Leary, one for one, six yards. Kevin Ballage had one for five. Wow, they tossed it out five times. So uh, six yards. Devontae Parker got shut out completely. He wasn't even targeted. Well, yes, he was. He had seven targets. No, he didn't. He didn't catch. Devontae Parker? Yeah, he had seven targets in this game. He didn't catch anything. I mean, I th- I think Gilmore was all over him, so that's... Should have kind of saw okay, that coming. Okay, hold on. ESPN, do, please do a better job and update your targets. Honestly, go I to Pro Football. I, I do it all. I, I do it all on Pro Football Reference. I'm, I'm done with ESPN. I, I sorry, have... sorry to criticize ESPN, who's not sponsoring us right now, but... Like... <laughs> Seriously, that's... You want, you're, you're, you I agree, right? That's like... Hold on, hold on. You want to sponsor us, ESPN? Fix your website. Come and on, then, man. And then we'll talk good about you. But, yeah, no. Pro football reference is where I always go. All right. I got to go over there. Anyways, shellacking all the way around the uh, the uh, Dallas Cowboys host the Miami Dolphins this coming week. Obviously, another shellacking. Yeah, start your Cowboys. We'll, get, we'll go into detail during our preview episode. But now that we're doing our week two review episode, let's uh, talk about another AFC East, well, half matchup. AFC East and NFC East matchup. Uh, Bills Giants. The Bills came out on top and are sitting at two and zero right now, beating the Jets and the Giants. But still two and zero. Hey, better than zero and two. Twenty eight fourteen is the final score. Josh Allen nineteen for thirty, two fifty three and a touchdown, no interceptions. It's actually a pretty good game for him. Uh, again, bad defense, so you you want him to do good in this situation. Seven carries, twenty one yards and a touchdown. That's still going to be his bread and butter fantasy wise. For the running backs, Frank Gore saw a lot more time after Devin Singletary left with an injury. Uh, Gore ran 19 times, 68 yards, and a touchdown. 
caught both his targets for 15 yards. Singletary, as I said, he was injured. He's productive, though. Six uh, carries for 57 yards and a touchdown. Uh, it does seem like the big plays are where he's at. I mean, last week he had a 18-yard touchdown that almost scored. Uh, got stopped, I think, at the three-yard line. Allen took in, but uh, hopefully Singletary comes back okay. Although I know I have TJ Yeldon in quite a few places, so maybe maybe I shouldn't hope for that. Uh, Receiving-wise, John Brown, once again, is the leading receiver on this team, and it doesn't look like it's particularly close. Eight targets, seven catches, 72 yards. Cole Beasley actually had more yards than him, uh, but that includes a 51-yard pass uh, reception. Uh, running back Isaiah McKenzie caught the touchdown pass, actually. Uh, 26-yard touchdown from Josh Allen, uh, one of his two targets on the day. Dawson Knox at tight end, four targets, one catch, 18 yards. Zay Jones, three targets, one catch, 14 yards. 33% catch rate, that's about his career average. And uh, I'll keep ragging on Zay Jones for the rest of his career. <laughs> uh, Robert Foster really has been the poor man out. He did, you know, zero in this game. He was targeted twice, but couldn't catch either. Uh, I know, I, I definitely think Foster's more talented than Zone Jones, at least as an outside receiver. So if they're going to have Beasley in the slot, I feel like they should have Foster out there more. But I'm not the Bills coach. Uh, I know I definitely wouldn't have benched Tyrod Taylor there, Sean McDermott, but uh, whatever. You're an NFL coach for some reason. Uh, anyway, uh, Eli Manning, 26 for 45. Hey, you, you know what? He got bailed out because I'm just going to say this again. If they had missed the playoffs, he would have got crucified for that. But they got lucky and they made the playoffs that year. They, In spite of him benching Tyron Taylor, that was, man, Bills fans are so lucky. Thank the Bengals, right? Anyway, Eli Manning, 26 for 45, 250, one touchdown, two interceptions in what appears to be his final game. I know uh, we had uh, part of, I guess, breaking news announced today that uh, the, the Giants will start Daniel Jones week three. Yeah. You expect at this point, if they're going to do this, they're not going to go back on it, right? Like, this is the Daniel Jones era starting right now. So, uh, thanks for the career, yeah. Eli. Thanks for not letting the Patriots have a perfect season, because none of us would ever hear the end of it. Um, oh, we would never hear the end of it. Uh, but, yeah, uh, actually, check out full press coverage right now. Uh, one debate that's going on is, should Eli Manning be a Hall of Famer? Just a shamelessly yeah. plug. Uh, full press coverage, four of our managing editors answered that question so he got uh, some good answers in there and it's definitely a mixed bag of nuts in terms of what people believe for that but anyway we'll let uh let uh, you read that in the article so check that out on fullpresscoverage.com right now but anyway saquon barkley 18 carries 107 yards one touchdown seven targets only three catches though 28 yards but uh nothing to see here i mean that's that's barkley production 100 and what 135 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown that's what we expect uh benny fowler got the most targets 10 targets which Again, he was starting uh, as a receiver in this game. So once Sterling Shepard and Golden Tater back, don't expect that type of production. But as long as they're out, Fowler looks like an okay option. He caught five of those targets for 51 yards. Evan Ingram, six catches, 48 yards on eight targets. Uh, kind of a disappointing game for him. But, you know, you know, PPR leagues, that's still double-digit points. So you kind of have to be happy with that for a tight end position. If you can get double digit points every week from your tight end, I think you're happy. TJ Jones got the touchdown. Uh, one of his four targets, he caught it for 38 yards. Cody Latimer, five targets, three catches, 30 yards. Cody core, five catches, three targets, 28 yards. Getting repetitive here. Uh, Russell Shepard, not, not Sterling Shepard, Russell Shepard, three targets, tw uh, two catches, 19 yards. Backup tight end, Rhett Ellison caught his only target for eight yards as he's starting to see his playing time diminish. I know he, uh, last year when Ingram kind of got benched a couple times, Ellison started to see an uptick in playing time. But uh, definitely Evan Ingram, 77 
percent snap share last week, seventy nine this week. So he's pretty locked in as a tight end. Uh, much to say here, or should we just move on to the Chiefs game, which is certainly more exciting? The only, the only thing I'd say is um, we had I had a bet preseason that Josh Allen would be a better runner and have more rushing yards than Cam Newton with one of our guests that came on the show. I'm yeah, winning. Who was I that? am winning this bet right now. And he's probably hating me so much. I can't remember who that was anyway. Yeah, but you're right. That was Stompy. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Stompy. Stompy's happy happy that Lamar Jackson is finally getting the credit he deserves. So I think he's he's not so upset about uh, the the Cam Newton thing. Uh, Anyway, uh, so talk about the Chiefs and Raiders. I know I want to, but I'll I'll be nice and let you do it. No, 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 Kyle. You were nice enough to let me have two in a row. I'll let you have this one since the Chiefs are your old stomping ground. Uh, True, yeah. For press coverage, he used to be the managing editor, now Braden there i know Braden's super happy with mahomes uh 30 for 44 433 yards four touchdowns all of which came in the second quarter um i think there's some records set there by points in a quarter yards in a quarter they i think they ended up with like 287 yards in that quarter at one point mahomes completed six straight passes and all of them went for 30 yards or more and like all four touchdowns were in that span and it, like all it took was six passes and they won the game uh, it's ridiculous how efficient he could be and how crazy it is. And I mean, we're start. It's starting to loop back into you know the late round quarterback strategy has been so well for a while. But I think Mahomes is almost breaking the system, and we're going to start seeing him go in the first round again. I think there's going to be in, even in single quarterback. Obviously, Superflex. At this point, you're looking at this maybe Superflex 101 from now on until for now until the rest of his career. But uh, yeah, not much to say about Mahomes. He's amazing, and this offense is amazing. Uh, the run game, not so much. LaShawn McCoy, 11 carries, 23 yards. He had a bit of an injury. Damian Williams, 9 carries for 8 yards. He also had a bit of an injury. They both caught 3 passes, but McCoy caught all 3 targets for 0 yards, whereas Williams caught 3 passes for 48 yards. Um, so, oh yeah, the, the, take that as it will. Maybe Darwin Thompson sees more time if either of them miss time, but we'll we'll have to monitor and see how that goes. Uh, everyone was on Sammy Watkins, who did lead the team in targets, 13 targets, but only caught six of them for 49 yards. It was Demarcus Robinson day, six, caught all six targets for 72, 172 yards and two touchdowns. Pretty sure that led the NFL in receiving yards this week. Uh, Travis Kelsey kind of rebounded from a decent performance in week one, but he caught a touchdown here, 107 yards on seven catches. Mecole Hardman, four catches, 61 yards and a touchdown. Mahomes makes everyone great. On the Raiders' side, Derek Carr, 23 for 38 for 198 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, Josh Jacobs carried the day again, 12 carries, 99 yards. He seems like the real deal, so definitely don't be afraid to play him in the future. Uh, He didn't see any targets. It was in terms of running back. There were five targets towards them. Washington had two. Jalen Richard had three, but it was Washington who got the the 20-yard reception to kind of boost his fancy day a little better. Darren Waller and Tyrell Williams tied for the team lead in targets, which I actually no Hunter Renfrew had more targets. Never mind. So uh, what I was about to say though is, I, you know, feels like Waller and Williams are the top two guys on the team, and they were in receiving yards. But yeah, Renfrew did get eight targets, four catches, thirty yards. That's not too bad. Uh, but it was Williams with the touchdown, Tyrell Williams. So uh, I know I definitely advise to play him this week in a potential shootout, and maybe disappointed a little bit. But he's, I mean, he's playing ninety-five. 
94% of the snaps in this game. Same with Waller. So even though Renfrew got more targets, as I said, I still view those two as the top two guys. Do you do you see that similarly, Alessandro? Most definitely. I, I mean, there's, there's no question about it at this point. Anyway, we'll get to some big news now. It's the Saints-Rams game. So uh, take it away. Uh, the one thing I did want to say about that game was that I am a huge supporter of Tyrell Williams, and I think that he was going to do great. I've always been high on him, and I still will be high on him. Um, I want him for the Jets. He was always a very good wide receiver, and I think he, that he will continue to be a very good wide receiver. Um, as far as the Saints-Rams game, uh, we lost another one of the great QBs. Um, Drew Brees has gone down with a ligament injury in his thumb. Um, he is expected to miss some time. Um, they're saying at least six weeks, so he'd probably be back around week eight, and that's being optimistic. Um, so uh, Breeze, excuse me, when he went was in, went three, four, five, thirty-eight yards and an interception. Then it was the Teddy Bridgewater show. Who Teddy Bridgewater was the QB in Minnesota before he got the boot because of some injury. Came to New York, especially my New York, and um, did well enough on his bounce back tour to land a, a role right behind the great QB, uh, Drew Brees. Um, went out there 17 for 30, 165 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but did get sacked twice. Um, he was instrumental in the ground game. Um, when I say that, I mean hand the ball off to Alvin Kamara, 13 carries, 45 yards. No touchdowns, so Kamara was a little bit of a disappointment that game. But when you got a front seven that consists of Dante Fowler, Aaron Donald, I mean, you really, you, you're really you not going to make much production. Uh, Latavius Murray was right behind him with uh, five carries for seven yards. Uh, and then Teddy Bridgewater also carried the ball himself a few times. Had to make sure he got in there. Uh, as far as receiving goes, uh, Michael Thomas had to develop a chemistry with Tay Bridgewater almost immediately, and he did. Uh, 10 for 13, uh, 89 uh, yards, uh, with his longest being 19, so he did have pretty good yardage. Uh, Traquan Smith was next man up, 3 for 3, 49 uh, yards. Um, he did have a nice 28-yard uh, uh, touchdown run. Not touchdown and run. Touch, uh, touch and run 28 yards. Uh, Jared Cook was also up after that. Two for seven. Uh, he missed quite a few targets, but that's mostly uh, Teddy B's fault on that one. I will defend Jared Cook on that. Uh, two for seven, 25 yards. Latavius Murray got in the action. One for one, 16 yards. Taysom Hill, that man. Uh-uh. That man's just too scary. Uh, two for three, 16 yards. I think he's going to have more of a production. Alvin Kamara did have one catch on three attempts uh, for 15 yards. He did get in it. Uh, big takeaways for that is Teddy B did fumble, but he did not lose it or did not count as a loss. Cameron Jordan did record a recumble recovery. So, And that was thanks to Jared Goff, who uh, lost the ball. Um, and speaking of Jared Goff, he went uh, 19 for 28, only missing nine throws, uh, 283 yards, one touchdown. He looked like his old golf form, which is good if they want to get back to the Super Bowl and actually have a chance of 
score more than three points. Uh, Todd Gurley was doing Todd Gurley things for once. 16 carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, it's nice to see him back, and it's nice to see the knee not bar him as much. Malcolm Brown's the backup. Uh, six carries, 37 yards. Daryl Henderson was the man that they were having coming out, and all of a sudden Malcolm Brown said, nah, I'm going to take over this backup show. Like, wow, I- who could have seen that coming? I don't know, some guy named Kyle. Well, I'm not the only one, but there were definitely a lot of people who had the, were definitely more in the brown side of things and I don't know. I was a fan. There's a reason there's a reason they didn't let the, the Lions sign up to that offer sheet. That's all I'm saying. That's true, that's true, that's true. Um anyways, back to rushing. Uh Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh Brandon Cooks, Jared Everett. Uh they all uh had a couple of sweeps, a couple of rushes, um, just one and uh it had gained a couple of yards. Big day here. Cooper Cup, five receptions off of nine targets, 120 yards. Um, I know I've been saying I want a larger sample, but uh, for a man who went down an ACL tear last year to put up these kind of numbers instantaneously between this week and last week, Cup is looking like the number one. Brandon Cooks had a bigger day. Three for four, 74 yards, and a touchdown. He's looking for a massive bounce back. Robert Woods was at the end of the pack, two for two, 33 yards. Uh, he was there. He was relevant, just not for fantasy uh, football-wise. Tyler Higby. In, in that case, it did seem like Lattimore played more on Woods, to be honest, than he did on Cooks, so I was surprised. But uh, obviously, the, this again, teams tell us, de- defenses tell us what they think of offenses more so than what we think, right? Just like the Packers viewed Thielen as the number one receiver, the Saints kind of viewed Woods as the number one receiver, so... And now that was a mistake because Cooks actually burned him. And that's the problem bit. with this offense, right? You can't just take away one guy. Uh, the Patriots managed to take away both of them in the Super Bowl, but you, again, you t- try and the take Patri- away three the guys. The Patriots have uh, they, they they have Bill Belichick. They have the yeah, hood, exactly. Darth Vader. You can't really. Yeah, I would fight I would have loved to see Cup play in that game. Could Belichick find a way to take out all three? That's that would be his one of his greatest defensive accomplishments. Uh, you said it right with Cup though. He played 90% of the snaps in week one, 94 this time. He looks like he's good and he's ready. So, uh, yeah, have no fear with Cup setting him in lineups. Uh, the only injury concern from this, I think, for the Rams side anyway, is Gerald Everett. Uh, or sorry, Tyler Higby. Uh, he left with uh, an injury and Gerald Everett started to play a lot more. So uh, I know with Higby, it was uh, he was coughing up blood, which obviously is not good. But, uh, I mean, there's no soft tissue damage. So as long as they can figure out why he was coughing up blood, if it was just a, you know, the weather or something, or if it's, it's actually a lung issue, that's when it could get serious and he could miss time. So if that's the case, I think Gerald Everett starts to become a, a, a you know, a viable fantasy play at tight end. He, well, the, he, there is news about that. Uh, he oh. won't miss as much time as originally thought um, because it's not as much. Uh, they say it's just a chest injury which turned out to be more severe than initially thought. Obviously, people are freaking out when you see blood coughing up out of a guy. Yeah. Um, see, chest uh, injury, and you're thinking, is it something with his lungs? That's that's my only concern there. So maybe maybe they hold him out next week. Uh, who do the Rams they, have next week? They uh, have... They have Cleveland, actually. Uh, oh, good. Maybe, I, I am rooting for the Rams so hard. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe uh, yeah, fire up Everett next week if, if Higby's out. Uh, he will be out. He will. He is expected. Okay. So then yeah, fire up. Fire. Okay. So then there you go. So then fire up. Fire up Everett. I think, at least as a t- touchdown dependent tight end. I mean he he saw some red zone targets in this game too. 
Uh, it's, that's obviously a good sign you want to see from your tight ends. He ended up with uh, actually three red zone targets. And you, the carry that you'd mentioned was also a red zone touch. So he had four red zone touches in this game. And which that's good is, for a guy who came in after another guy coughed up blood. Well, here's the thing. That's more red zone touches than Cup, Cooks, Cup and Cooks combined. Who have each Cooks had two red zone targets on the year. Cup only has one. So suddenly Everett kind of becoming a red zone weapon for them. Again, touchdown dependent tight end. Uh, you can do a lot worse than the Rams tight end if there is only one. And you know uh, what? If the Rams can get uh, going again like they were last year with the high scoring and all that, all, all I mean, all these guys are posed to have a massive year. Now, uh, the one thing I'm going to say in regards to the Saints side is everyone's talking about how, okay, Bridgewater, it's kind of a downgrade for Thomas and for Kamara. I could see it for Thomas, but I wonder if Kamara, they, they're going to start using, finding more creative ways to get him the ball. And not that he will benefit from this, but I think he could still sustain production because a lot of it is himself making the play after the catch and, and uh, you know, gaining yards through his explosive running ability. You know, while certainly the targets are, are helped when you, this, the target quality is so great with Breeze, but... Bridgewater's still a good quarterback, so I'm not I'm not afraid of Kamara's production. I am a little bit concerned with Michael Thomas. I definitely don't think I'm going to play him much in DFS and, unless his price goes down. Uh, but other than that, I think we can get to the Bears game. So the Bears narrowly escaped with a victory, uh, including a last-minute touchdown drive or field goal drive by Trubisky. Oh, uh, that they, was terrible. Oh, God. He was, but he looked good on that drive. And then, and then again, that's what you paid him for to get the win, and he, they did. So as much as it looks ugly fantasy-wise, they got the job done. They won 16-14, which is definitely not something you want to see, especially considering how poorly Denver's defense played against Oakland. Maybe Oakland's better than we thought. But anyway, Trubisky went 16 for 27 for 120 yards. It's a gross number. Uh, no touchdowns. Uh, the only touchdown was scored by David Montgomery, who... Uh, wait, 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 wait. Eight, no, did you just say that's a gross number? Well, it is. Well, did, you, did you not see Flacco's numbers? Uh, I mean, 50, attempt, 50 attempts for 292. Yeah, you're right. It's just as bad. But but anyway, uh, Montgomery had the touchdown for the Bears. 18 carries. So even though his snap per- his snap percentage went up to the point where he was leading the team, but it wasn't he didn't dominate time of on the field for running backs. Uh, the snaps were split. 44% Montgomery, 38 Cohen, 25 Davis, which is up from, you know, it's it's better for Montgomery. Uh, Davis pretty much saw his playing time cut in half from last week. So I think a uh, good sign for Montgomery and to kind of keep using him as the season goes on. Uh, he caught three or he caught one target of his three for six yards. So kind of hope to see him more involved in the passing game eventually. Uh, Tariq Cohen ran the ball four times for 18 yards. Davis ran the ball three times for only one yard. Uh, Cordell Patterson, the wide receiver, always have good trick plays. They end up with a 46-yard run, which I believe is the longest play from scrimmage in this game. Uh, So again, take that as you will. It's sort of fluky. It's tough to predict when Patterson's going to go off. Receiving-wise, Allen Robinson, seven targets. Once again, the leading target of the team. Only caught four of them for 41 yards. But it was that big one that got them in field goal range, right? Pretty much one second before time expired, enough to go down and and call the timeout and kick the field goal. So that's certainly going to help Trubisky's trust in Robinson. One player I'd like to see more of is Anthony Miller. Uh, he played more in this game. He had only played, I think, 22% of the snaps week one. It ended up to like 52% this game. Still only the one target, though. So uh, as he recovers his shoulder, I, I expect him to see more work. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, who ended up playing most of the game, as he did in week one, only had two targets for... caught one, Only 
caught one of them for 11 yards. Adam Shaheen, the tight end, three targets, three catches, 24 yards. Bren Buckner, three targets, two catches, 24 yards. Trey Burton, three targets, two catches, five yards. Uh, so, you know, mixed bag of nuts for the tight end production in that game. Uh, but again, the main weapons here are David Montgomery and Robinson. They're really starting to show that. For the hey, yeah, just as uh, you've been talking with uh, fantasy relevance, there's another fantasy relevant new that just happened. Detroit Lions have released C.J. Anderson and claim running back Paul Perkins off wires of the Giants. Paul Perkins, wow, huh? Interesting. Wonder where Anderson's gonna end up and maybe win fantasy leagues for people. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Patriots. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if he'll do much for the Patriots. Uh, anyway, uh, Joe Flacco, as you mentioned. 292 yards, but on 50 attempts. I mean, they had to pass the whole time. They were down for most of it. And good on Flacco to lead a touchdown drive to take the lead with, like, 50 seconds left. But unfortunately, as we mentioned, the uh, aforementioned field goal drive by uh, by uh, Trubisky. Uh, Flacco threw the touchdown to Sanders, who was targeted 13 times, caught 11 of them for 98 yards, and has really started to establish himself as the number one receiver there. The other guy, uh, Cortland Sutton, was second on the team in targets, tied technically for second, uh, four receptions, 40 yards. Both running backs saw seven targets, Freeman and, and Lindsey. Uh, Freeman caught five of them for 48 yards, Lindsey four for 30. Uh, Freeman was also more effective on the ground, running for 54 yards on 11 carries as opposed to 36 yards on 13 carries for Lindsey. So does playing time still favored uh, Lindsey, but it does seem like, Actually, no, it didn't. Never mind. Uh, Freeman played 52% of the snaps. Lindsay, 48. So it is still pretty much split down the middle, but I think that's what you're going to get for most of the year is those two kind of splitting everything down the middle. Noah Fant caught all four targets for 33 yards. Jeff Hoyerman was actually targeted more, but only caught four of them for 21 yards. Deshaun Hamilton, again, with the dropsies, six targets, but only two catches for 15 yards. He's showing like he doesn't have much connection with Flacco. Uh, maybe someone who could have easily been the number two receiver on this team is now looking like the fourth or fifth, maybe even sixth option. So really going to tough to trust Deshaun Hamilton going forward. Just because we're really uh, pressed for time here, you want to go right into the Falcons-Eagles game and get us and fly us out of here? Kyle. Um, yeah, sure, why not? I mean, it's not much uh, to go on here. We already know who the big names are. Uh, Carson Wentz uh, went in. Um he got hurt during the game. Josh McCown had come in for a little bit, but Carson Wentz did return. 25-43, 231 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Ugliness through and through. He got sacked three times. One of those times is when he did have to go out. McCown went three for five, 24 yards. Still McCown kind of things. Um, Miles Sanders is the lead back, apparently, uh, at least this week. Uh, 10 carries, 28 yards. They've really stopped him on the ground. Uh, Jordan Howard, eight carries, 18 yards. It really wasn't much going. And just like we were talking about with the uncertainness of uh, fantasy football, Nelson Aguilar uh, was the number one wide receiver. Alshon Jeffrey and uh, Deshaun Jackson were not in this game. Um, Nelson well, they Aguilar. both got hurt. They both left with injuries. and I mean, they barely played. Like Jeffrey's happened early in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, snap counts. Jeffrey only played 7% of the snaps. Deshaun Jackson, 14. So both of them happened. I think Jackson's happened in the first quarter. Well, maybe late first quarter, but yeah, still not uh, not it's, what you want to see two of your top well, three receivers go down like that. So. Oh, yeah. You don't want guys like that to be hurt. You know? But um, anyways, 
8 for 11, 107 yards, one touchdown. He had hell of a day. Zach Ertz, 8 for 16. Yeah, you heard me right. 16 targets. That's ridiculous. Um, no Jeffrey, no Jackson. They're going to go to their number one guy. And actually, no Goddard in this game either. He he missed the entire game. He was inactive. So I had, they, they were pressed for guys uh, so bad that Mac Hollins, never heard of him. Uh, five for eight. He's a rookie? Okay. Yeah. Um, five for eight, 50 yards. Uh, Miles Sanders got in the game, three for four with nine uh, yards. Uh, Jordan Howard, one for one. Obviously, these are check downs. Darren Sproles got a little love, two for three. Um, Corey Kement did fumble and lose the ball. That's one of the big takeaways here. Uh, sorry, just my mistake. Holmes isn't a rookie. He was a rookie last year. That's what it was. Uh, my mistake. It's his second year. <laughs> um, I have to correct Matt, myself. Matty Ice, look at ice in his veins. 27-43, 320 yards. Three TDs, three interceptions. When you get Matty Ice, you got to accept the interceptions. Uh, he got sacked one time. Um, Aito Smith, uh, he had the most yardage on the least carries. Four carries, 32 yards, with one of them being his longest, 28 yards. So, obviously, Devontae Freeman was the big workhorse here. Uh, 11 carries, 22 yards, with nine being the longest. He just kept pounding them all night. Couldn't do much until the pass game. Julio and Calvin Ridley are pretty much identical. It's a it's a baby Julio. Um, five receptions, uh, ten targets, 106 yards, two touchdowns. Julio had himself a day. Calvin Ridley eight receptions off of ten targets, 105 yards, one touchdown. Wow, that's that's scarily similar. Um, mm-hmm. Devontae Freeman three for four, 42 yards. Uh, Austin Hooper got in the game again. I hate this man. He takes away targets. Uh, four for six, 34 yards. Muhammad Sanu even had a little love. Four for seven, 16 yards. Um, couldn't do much. Uh, it was that late game uh, Julio uh, TD that helped them win, get the, yep. over that hump. Uh, Luke Stalker, uh, he did have a fumble, um, but it was not recorded as a loss. Uh, Sharon Neeson, uh, Neesman whatever, uh, recorded a uh, recovery. Um, Ronald Derby, Sidney Jones, Nathan Gary all had interceptions. Uh, Desmond Trufant had two interceptions by himself. So defenses were a big factor in this game. And obviously the big name stars, Julio, Calvin, uh, Nelson Aguilar, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz were big names. That's about it. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to add here. I think I already interrupted enough. <laughs> and if we are running long, so uh, I will thank everyone for listening to this week th- uh, two uh, recap of the Full Press Fantasy Pod. Be sure to follow my co-host Alessandro Senator at AM underscore Senator, Kayla Morton at Mor- Morton Salt 74, myself at Nyama underscore KS. Be sure to follow the podcast at FPC underscore Fantasy Pod. Check out all of uh, the great co- work at fullpresscoverage.com, including that uh, that Eli Manning debate that was just released before we started recording this podcast. Um, yeah, so be sure to listen to this podcast anywhere you can uh, on all your favorite podcast websites. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, help us out a lot. Always, As always, check out the Full Press Radio Network that we w- are syndicated on, occasionally live as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, mostly syndication for that. 
as well as uh, all sorts of other great full press coverage and outside the full press coverage content on the radio network. So be sure to listen to that. It's available 24-7 right on the full press coverage website. So on behalf of Alessandro and Kayla, who's not here, my name is Kyle Senra, and thank you all for listening to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast.